So finally, we got some news about a catcher that the Cardinals are interested in. And yes, he is one of the top four catchers that we have talked about on this show. I'll get you the latest on that, plus what Ken Rosenthal is hearing. And we discuss one of my favorite guys on the roster, Tyler Broneal. Should the Cardinals bank on him as a comeback player this year, or should they try to trade him? This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Cardinals fans, I'm J.D. Haffer, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts, on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, on YouTube. You can find us there as well. Be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Hit that notification button so you know. When the new episodes are being posted, this is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Cardinals fans have been dying, have been dying for some news, something, anything, because outside of re signing Chris Stratton, damn glad to meet you, and non tendering. Former top prospect Alex Reyes, there really hasn't been much going on with the team. And I know that we live in a an impatient world. I, I realize that, where we want information right now, this second, in fact. But the Major League Baseball offseason is a slow play type of situation. It's not like the NFL or the NBA, where as soon as midnight strikes, you know, you got free agency kicking off and all hell breaks loose and people are signing all over the place. You've got all this movement. So the fact that the market hasn't really busted open yet isn't really a surprise. It really isn't. The winter meetings are about to begin on Sunday. And usually that's when you start to see more movement on the big names, which, as I mentioned before, leads to kind of a domino effect. You know, you've got other guys signing because once the bar is set for what the top tier players are going to earn, then things begin to like trickle down for the next levels below them. And that's when you see all the action. The Cardinals need an impact bat. We've established that, right? To help ease the burden and uh, protect is uh, the word that they've been saying. Protect Goldie and Arenado. They also need a catcher to fill in the void left by Yadier Molina's retirement. If you can fulfill both of those needs with one player, that would be the perfect acquisition, would it not? And there's been a lot of speculation, and I mean a lot of speculation, over who is the right guy for the job. And each player has its own ups and downs. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with the trade guys, okay? Because we've talked about these guys many, many times. Let's start with Sean Murphy from the Oakland A's. Elite catcher, very good hitter, will likely cost a a ton in uh, prospects to get him. Talking with Lindsey Crosby from Locked on Prospects earlier this week, he thinks it's going to take a top five guy, a top 10 guy, and two other prospects. That would be what you need and maybe even a guy off the current roster to get Sean Murphy out of Oakland onto the St. Louis Cardinals. It's a pretty steep price. But you have control of him for three more years. He's estimated to cost around $3.3 million in salary, and in my opinion, he's the best all-around catcher available. Certainly a top-catching 
talent in all of baseball. We know that much about him. 3.39 war last year on a horrible A's team. We talked about how his uh, batting average and his home runs and stuff like that. We know Bush Stadium's not a, a hitter's ballpark, but either is Oakland. <laughs> and he's still putting up those numbers. So you, you like what you see from Sean Murphy for sure. Alejandro Kirk, Toronto Blue Jays, 5'8", maybe 5'9", 245 pounds. Thick guy, pretty good catcher, silver slugger winner. All-star last year, only 24 years of age. A lot of control years, but hasn't done it for a long time at the major league level yet. But he's been great since he's been in the pros. 3.95 war last year. His cost, from what we've gathered, is likely more major league baseball-ready talent. Okay, Not so much prospects, but they want something like a Lars Newbar and a Nolan Gorman. Plus some prospects, like lower-tier ones. People love Newt. I love Newt. You love Newt. Okay. We think he's a great guy. Um, the metrics and everything that you see on uh baseball savant says that Lars Newbar is a pretty darn good player. I would like to give him a chance to see what he could do as the starter for the St. Louis Cardinals over a full season. But if you think, if you're the front office and you think your top prospect, Jordan Walker, is going to be ready, or that Alec Burleson, who's a top five prospect for you, will be something. Then he becomes a bit more expendable, doesn't he? Okay. Gorman, I get the sense fans wouldn't be all that mad if they moved him. I still see a lot of potential in Nolan Gorman. He's 22 years old. And you've heard that the Cardinals are looking for a left-handed power bat. That is what Nolan Gorman is. Okay. He is a left-handed power bat. So why would you want to move him? He's cheaper. He's younger. And the idea that he's not going to get better, I feel, is kind of silly, right? It's kind of short-sighted to think that Nolan Gorman won't improve from what he did in his first stint in the major leagues this past year. He lost his playing time, and it was pointless for him to rot on the end of the bench when he was up on the big league roster because he needs to play, needs to get at bats. Again, young guy. So um, they weren't going to start him over Albert Pujols at DH. Uh, Donovan was playing outstanding at second base. No need to start him over him. So they sent him back to Memphis so he could play more. It's not because he was God awful and it was just brutal at the major league level. Although he did struggle near the end there. Pretty bad. Uh, Danny Jansen, also the Toronto Blue Jays. Kind of looks like Cabo from the Reds back in the 90s. The Rex Specs. Uh, former Cardinal Chris Sabo, by the way. If you don't remember, he did play with the Cardinals in 1995. Five whole games. Chris Sabo, Cardinal legend. Uh, but Danny Jansen is 27, 6'2", 215, two years of control left before free agency. He's dealt with injuries, for sure. It was a hammy this year and then a fractured pinky, but by all accounts, pretty good catcher. 2.95 war last year. Wouldn't command as much as Alejandro Kirkwood. Uh, the Cardinals saw him do damage firsthand. He hit two home runs off of Hicks and Verhagen this past season at Bush Stadium. Uh, Toronto still wants a left-handed hitter, so as Lindsay said, something like Newt Barr and a low-level prospect. And in return, you get Jansen in a prospect. So that's what he's thinking for that. And then you've got the free agent guys. These guys won't cost you anything prospect-wise, um, but you got to pay them. Now, it's not totally 100% true because if you sign Wilson Contreras, it's going to cost you $500,000 in international bonus money and uh, a second-round pick. So, but Christian Vasquez, let's start there. 5'9", 205, two-time World Series champion, formerly of the Red Sox and the Astros, very good defensive catcher. I think most would say he's a below average hitter at best. 
Uh, 2.31 war last year. Market value, a little under $7 million is what you'd have to pay him. But is what he offers behind the plate enough to offset his lack of production at the plate? Personally, no, I don't think so. I want someone who could be an offensive threat for this team because I think they're lacking more there than they need some superstar catcher defensively behind the plate. I'd rather see more offense out of this team. And um, if you're not going to target a shortstop, you know, I'm thinking about places you can improve offensively. If you're not going to target a shortstop, because that's where the best bats are, okay? Not that you need a shortstop, but those are the best bats. If you're not going to do that, if you're not going to go get like one of the starting outfielders, because they've talked about only getting like a a veteran backup kind of guy, then where is the added offense coming from besides hoping for bounce back years from guys you already have? Vasquez is fine. He's not a horrible catcher, but I want more, especially at the plate. And that's where we get to Wilson Contreras. 6'1", 225, cannon for an arm, top 10 in pop time, which, in case you aren't aware, is the amount of time it takes him to get out of his crotch and throw it to second or third base when someone's stealing. Um, Top five the previous two years, by the way. The framing is low, yes. But look at the offensive numbers that you're getting in exchange for having a low frame rate, which I don't think anybody even cared about until this year. <laughs> and now all of a sudden everybody's, uh, you know, a genius about framing the pitches and stuff, which if we're going to go to like robot umps, you know, if we're going to do that, then who cares about framing? You're not going to fool anybody. It's either in the zone or it's not. So what does that matter? But um, offensively, Fourth in home runs this year at the catcher position, by the way. Fourth in home runs, ninth in RBIs, seventh in hits. OBP 349, third in players with over 100 games played behind Kirk, out of all people. And the Orioles, Adley Rushman, who was a rookie. OPS in guys over 100 games, second behind JT Real Muto, who most people would argue is the best catcher in baseball, like all around. Uh, slugging, fourth in guys over 100 games played. played. Um, downside as well, he won't be cheap. 16 to 22 million dollars a year. Whew. It's a lot of dough. Those are the estimates, though. And uh, how many years? How many years are you going to sign him? He's 31. Four years? Five years? Are, is he worth the investment? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just putting out the stats for you. Okay. Now, here's a tidbit that popped up yesterday afternoon. It was reported by Mike Rodriguez on Twitter and Mike Deportes who is an MLB insider, and I guess he did some Spanish broadcasting and analysis with the Cubs. He tweeted out that Wilson Contreras and the Cardinals had met in Florida on Wednesday night and that it was a very productive meeting and that he was meeting with Houston next. It's the first inkling of information that we have about the Cardinals talking to anyone ahead of the winter meetings, which start on Sunday. Now, does that mean he's coming to St. Louis? No, no, it doesn't. But let me throw another log on the fire. On Wilson's personal Instagram page, Wilson Contreras 40, in case you don't follow him, he posted this picture. And if you're on YouTube, you can see the picture. And if you're listening on the podcast, it's a photo of he and his brother who plays for the Braves and Albert Pujols at this past year's All-Star game. That is what he put up there. And of course, that got everybody thinking, oh, he is very much impressed with what the Cardinals talked about. Does that mean anything? Probably not, because you know what else he posted? A picture of he and his brother with the Tigers' Miguel Cabrera. (laughs) So Detroit has also been rumored to be interested in him. All of this, again, is speculation, and we're just having some fun with it to chat about it a little bit. 
But if I if I've still got my rankings on what catchers I want, I still want Sean Murphy. He's my guy. I like him a lot. Okay. I personally am willing to give up top tier prospects to get that guy. One of the best catchers in baseball, both sides, offensively and defensively. Then it would be Contreras because I want his offense and I don't have to give up any prospects. And I'm starting to warm up to the idea of Danny Jansen. The more I look into him, the more I like what I see. Um, Production, pretty good when he's healthy. Uh, Cost, minimal. Do I want to give up a Lars Newbar to get him? Not really. But your catcher is so important. And for so many years, the Cardinals have had a defensive catcher, okay? Molina had some pretty good years here and there. But for the most part, known for his defense, right? The offense out of that position has just been horrible over the last couple of years. And that's got to change. In my opinion, that's got to change. So um, I like one of those three. I would rather have them over a Christian Vasquez. Um, Alejandro Kirk, I guess, is fine. I, I, I just, I'm not sold on him yet. You know, I, I don't know if he's a catcher, everyday catcher kind of guy. Not that he has to be because you got Kisner, but at the same point, I just, you know, I'm just more comfortable with these other three, really. Uh, we'll keep you posted on any other news that drops. Uh, there was a trade today, by the way. Former Cardinal Colton Wong heading to the Milwaukee, or heading from Milwaukee, apologies, to the Seattle Mariners for former Red Jesse Winker and third baseman Ibrahim Toro. So there's a little bit of movement. Now, one of the guys the team hopes can bounce back this year is Tyler O'Neill. Or instead of waiting for him to bounce back and hoping he does, do they trade him? We'll do his 2022 review next here on Locked on Cardinals. BetOnline.net, number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all. BetOnline.net. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix on whichever sport you're interested in. World Cup betting, they got you. NFL this weekend, some pretty good games. Dolphins and 49ers, that should be a fun one. Commanders at the Giants will probably be very ugly, but yet still a good football game. A lot on the line there in the NFC East. And then, of course, Chiefs at Bengals, I think, is the one that most people are pretty excited about. All solid games. you got the College Football Conference Championship, Utah USC tonight in the Pac-12, Kansas State versus TCU in the Big 12, Georgia, LSU in the SEC, and more. Put your picks in, hopefully make some money. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked on can provide. Locked on Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Tyler O'Neill, or Bro-Neal, as uh, we like to call him here on this show, he has an elite set of skills. You know, I kind of want to go into uh, my, my taken voice. He's got a special set of skills. This is not a question, okay? We all know Tyler O'Neill is very talented. It is what led to my bromance for one Tyler O'Neill. Love the dude. I think he is something special. I see all of the things he can do, and I gush over it. Defensively, two gold gloves already, all right? We like that. He's the in the 69th percentile in arm strength. Very good arm. Elite speed. 98th percentile. He's one of the fastest guys in all of baseball. He's got power, exit velocity, 66th percentile, hard hit percentage, 68th percentile, barrel percentage, 
80th percentile. He does swing and miss a lot. This is true. Leads to a lot of strikeouts. That's his kryptonite. All of this nerd stuff that I'm throwing at you right now says he should be one of the best players in baseball. And he was in 2021. Hit 286, 34 home runs, 80 RBIs, 15 stolen bases, 912 OPS, 6.26 war, gold glove winner, got MVP votes. The guy was Superman on this team in 2021. And we all, the fans, the Cardinals, Tyler O'Neill, all expected huge things out of him in 2022. And then the injuries happened. Because I remember that very first game. I believe it was the first game he had like five RBIs. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to get this breakout season even better than last year. And then the injuries happened again and again. Shoulder issue, May 19th. Hamstring, June 19th. Leg injury, July 30th. Neck, September 9th. Hamstring again, September 17th. All of these led to O'Neill playing in just 96 games. He hits 228, 14 home runs, 58 RBIs, 14 stolen bases, which still aren't bad numbers. The 228, obviously, you don't like that so much, but 14, 58, and 14 in 96 games is pretty good. But his war dips to 1.15. Not at all what everyone was uh, expecting or looking for in 2022 out of him. And I was planning on talking about Tyler today all week long. And it just so happened that Derek Gould over at the Post-Dispatch and SCLToday.com wrote something on him as well. So we've got some uh, quotes here that we can add into our whole discussion about Tyler O'Neill today. Uh, so that's an added bonus. So here's what O'Neill says in Gould's article. Quote, I understand what I'm capable of, and it's just a matter of being consistent with it. And it starts by staying consistently on the field. There's no question about that. I'm not concerned if my performance will be there or my skill set, if I can stay on the field, stay in a rhythm. That's how I help the Cards win ball games. That's the kind of player I am. Step one, and that's stay on the field, staying healthy. Now, the Cardinals outfield on paper, on paper, mind you, should be a good one, right? We thought it was going to be a great one this last year, and it just, it blew up. But it should still be good next year if everybody's healthy, right? O'Neill in left, Carlson in center, Newbar in right, along with guys like Yepes, Burleson, Brandon Donovan can play some outfield, and top prospect Jordan Walker. Knocking on the door. He's waiting. If the Cardinals have to move Newt or Burleson, I don't think they are moving Carlson. I really don't. I think they are standing by that, and they will keep him. They like him a lot, and I think they just think he had a down year. Maybe injuries led to that. But they've got depth. If they have to move a Newt bar or, uh, like I said, a Burleson or a Yepes, whoever it may be, they've got depth to fill the void. Could the team decide to keep Newt and move O'Neal instead? That, that could happen. It could if somebody wanted him. I haven't heard his name mentioned in anything, but think about it. Who wouldn't want a 28-year-old with the skill set that I just described to you? The problem is if you're trading, if you're thinking about trading O'Neill or Carlson, their stock is very low right now. Okay. You don't want to trade him now. You're not going to get as much for him, at least not what market value in your mind would be. Newts right now, new bars is very high. People are very high on him. So he's worth more right now. You can get more for him if you had to trade him to get another piece. Now, the team could decide to not move any of them and just spend money on a free agent like Contreras or Vasquez and others to solve the catching problem. And I've liked that idea from the get-go. I have said that from the very beginning. I don't want to trade any of our prospects if I don't have to. You know, I, I would say go out and spend your money on this guy. Whoever it is going to be, it's going to be your catcher. Um. 
I still think healthy that this outfield is pretty darn good, both offensively and for sure defensively. They're fantastic, and they're interchangeable. All three of those guys, O'Neal, Carlson, Newpark, can play center field if need be, which is a good thing, but they got to be on the field, and that's what Tyler is working on. Another quote from the uh, Gould article, I want my body to be ready from the get-go, and I want it to be trained a different way so it doesn't happen, so that situation doesn't come up again. I can't be off the field for that long. It really comes back to going to the drawing board and understanding what I need to make a couple of adjustments to my training regimen. The only thing that I thought of first was definitely just running, just running, just becoming more of a runner. Uh, He goes into talking about the workout plans. They've altered those. Uh, The article goes in depth about it. So I encourage you to go listen to it or read it, whatever you got to do. But it talks about workouts that aid muscle endurance, improve overall flexibility, engage cardio, and condition fast-twitch muscle fibers. He has drills called Copenhagen exercises for adductor muscles and Nordic hamstring curls plus yoga. It's a really good read. I'm telling you, I enjoyed it. So I encourage you to check it out if you can. But I believe in Tyler O'Neill. I still do. I'm not going to let one injury-riddled season tell me that he's not any good anymore when I've seen how good this guy can be. So if he bounces back, and let's say he doesn't even hit his 2021 numbers. Let's say he gets 25 home runs, 75 RBIs, essentially filling the production that Albert Pujols left behind. And on top of him coming back, and you could add a catcher with offensive upside. Then this lineup becomes that much scarier. Think about that for a minute, how good that sounds. So essentially you're adding not one, but two bats to go along with Goldie and Arenado, your superstars. I like that idea, right? But he's got to get on the field to do it, and that's the only thing we really worry about with Tyler O'Neill. We know he can do it. We know he can play this game very, very well. Just has to get on the field. All right, latest from Ken Rosenthal on if the Cardinals are looking at pitching and could be a dark horse for one of the top guys. We'll do that next on Locked on Cardinals. The Athletics' Ken Rosenthal is all over the MLB rumors, and here's the latest portion about the Cardinals and their pitching situation. Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Mozeliak, when asked about possibly adding a starting pitcher, said, we have six starters. True enough, if you include Dakota Hudson, but four of those starters, Adam Wainwright, Miles Michaelis, Jack Flaherty, and Jordan Montgomery, are entering their walk years. Hudson, arbitration eligible through 2024, and Steven Matz, signed through 2025, are the only Cardinals starters a club control beyond this season. The Cardinals then would appear a logical dark horse for one of the starters at the top of the market. Jacob DeGrom, Justin Verlander, Carlos Rodon. There is no indication they are in the mix for one of those pitchers, however. A more likely free agent target is left-hander Jose Quintana, who had a 2.01 ERA in 12 starts for the Cardinals after arriving in a trade from the Pirates last season. Quote, they really want to re-sign him, end quote, a source familiar with the team's plan said. Now, look, I would love to have any of those three guys. Who wouldn't, right? I think this staff needs an ace, a go-to guy, and I just don't think the Cardinals will pony up for one of them. I just don't think it's going to happen. I'll be pleasantly surprised if they do. Quintana was happy and outstanding in St. Louis, and reuniting would make a ton of sense for both of them. And if you get your hands on a bigger guy, then great. Trade one of the other guys for a veteran who can – hit righties, which by the way, why does it have to be a left-handed hitter that can hit a right-handed pitcher? Like, why are we only looking at left-handers? That keeps getting brought up. They're looking for a left-handed bat. Why? Why can't it be a right-hander who crushes righties? Who cares what side of the plate he hits on? 
as long as he hits right-handers, right? That's the point. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, just when it remind me, like, we have a good staff, right? It's a good staff, but there's no go-to guy. And when you won the World Series in 2006, in 2011, you had Chris Carpenter. That was your guy. That was the dude who was going to win one if you needed to win one, right? Signing Quintana doesn't actually give you that, does it? And what if he regresses this year? What if he's not the guy that we saw in the final months of the season with the Cardinals? Then what do you do? Now, it doesn't mean you can't trade for an ace down the road next season if things are, are going well and you're in a position to do that. But looking at the upcoming free agents the following year, not many of them have the pedigree of DeGrom, Berlander, and Rodon. The only name that stood out to me was Max Scherzer. So, but things can change. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Hey, everybody, enjoy your weekend. If there's any breaking news, of course, we'll bring it to you. Be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.